You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode number four, April showers give mold power. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. So in this episode, we're talking about the fact that April showers give mold power. Steve, we've been seeing so much in the news lately about floods, and we live in Wyoming, and there's a ton of snow that is going to be melting very, very soon. What is your take about the elements and spring and mold? So springtime, no matter where you're at, is typically wet. Uh, that's why the title of this is April showers give mold power. Um, you have a lot of factors you're obviously dealing with. You know, you have, I mean, we have issues, we have issues going on right now here in Wyoming where stuff's flooding. And if anybody's been watching the news, like Nebraska and in many places in the Midwest, even as far North as uh, Illinois, they're dealing with flooding issues. And, you know, we're not really going to dissect every reason why it's happening right now. But for the most part, what has happened is, is especially here in Wyoming, we went from not even a month ago, it was negative 15, negative 20 degrees. <laughs> and now for us, it's getting warm. We're, we're like in the mid twenties and then 30. And 30s. it's fresher weather. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people would laugh at us, but, but that's warm enough for all this snow to start melting. It's not warm enough. So, if it warms up that quickly, the ground is still frozen. So that moisture has nowhere to go. And, you know, most people just say, oh, yeah, you know, it's flooding, but is it a big deal? Well, places like Nebraska that are flooding, this isn't common. This is, I'm not going to say it's a rare event, but this doesn't happen annually. So when it comes to snow, you know, one thing that that uh, I wanted to touch on, which is crazy, because a lot of you, that if, if you're not in 
cold states, you're not that familiar with snow. But this year, just in Jackson, they have had over 100 inches of snow just this year. Crazy. I mean, they're, 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 they're having to shovel their roofs off. I mean, there's so much snow. Um, and now it's melting and it has to have somewhere to go. And our drainages or rivers only have so much capacity. And so, so now they're dealing with some pretty major issues. Um, when we talk about though, with, with the spring water runoff, one of the biggest things, and this is probably the most reported defect as a home inspector and a mold inspector and a mold contractor that we see, and that's grading and drainage. We've touched on it numerous times, but improper grading and drainage is probably the worst thing on your home. It's structurally, it's going to cause cracking. Then on top of that, you have moisture intrusion, which is going to cause a mold issue. So your grading and drainage, just to kind of cover this, you know, most of you hear the term, but you're not really familiar with it. Uh, when we're talking about grading and drainage, we're talking about your dirt grade out on the outside. And as far as drainage, you know, where's the water have to go? That, that includes rain gutters and downspout extension. And so when you say dirt grade on the outside, what does that mean? So current code states, so when you backfill a home. Um, well, let's backfill. Uh, so when you put the dirt back after you've, the home's more or less done. So you're, if you're found, if it's a, on a foundation, <clears throat> once your home's built or it's been long enough, they backfill. So they put all the dirt back okay. up against your foundation. And so cur- current code state that you have to have positive slope, meaning the water, the dirt runs away from the home for a minimum of six feet. So if you don't have that, that's probably, those of you listening, go outside after you're done with this podcast and look at the grading and drainage around your home and make sure everything is sloping away from the home. Make sure you don't have holes in your gutters. Uh, make sure you have downspout extensions. So those are those little annoying things that you have to tip up or walk over when you're mowing. But those downspout extensions are going to get the water away from the home. So, so grading away from the home, so positive slope, uh, drainage, the downspouts, the gutters. Correct. Is there anything else that's in drainage? Well, you could have things like a sump pump. Um, What's a sump pump? So a sump pump, uh, if you, those of you that aren't familiar with that, it's just a submersible pump. Um, it's not fully submersible, um, but it's typically, so if you live, let's say like in New Orleans where, uh, <clears throat> for the most part, they're below sea level. So they're below the dirt grade. And when I say dirt grade, I mean elevation. Their, their homes aren't below the soil, obviously. But when you have a place like that, that is very wet. So it could be, it can be anywhere geographically. We see it here in Wyoming. But anyhow, a sump pump is just a, a pump that you put in a pit. And what you're trying to do is you want that pit to be lower then whatever's running to it. So if it's a foundation drain, it's a French drain around your foundation, and then it drains to that sump pump. The whole purpose of that sump pump is because naturally you can't get the water out of there. So it pumps the water from that pit, and then it takes it outside to a storm drain or whatever the current codes are, and that's what a sump pump is. So most people don't even think they have them, but if you have a crawl space, go down there and look. Um, some places they put them on the exterior, like the corner of a house. It's just a 
in diameter, depending on what size they go with, it's like three feet in diameter, and just it has usually a black lid on it and a cord coming out. You probably have no idea what it is, but that's your sump pump. Okay, so all of that is something that helps get the water away from the house. Exactly, all of those things: yep. grading, drainage, gets the water away from it. Now, what do you what do you say to people who live, let's say, like in Louisiana, where they're already below sea level? Uh, they've gotten a lot of rain. And summer's coming. I mean, what kinds of things can you do when you do live in a place that either is prone to flooding or prone to hurricane season? That's another thing. I mean, what? Do, how do you how do you prepare for stuff like that? Well, you just you first and foremost, you have to be prepared. Um, things like having a sump pump or a trash pump, which or a submersible pump, those are always great to have on hand. Um, a sump pump typically has a float on it, and it, a sump pump more or less is designed to operate without you having to manually turn it on and off. So it has a float in it, just similar to like your float in your, your bathroom, uh, the toilet tank. You know, once you flush the toilet, the water all runs out, the float drops, water kicks on, it kicks off once that float gets to a certain elevation. Same concept with a sump pump. A trash pump more or less is um, let's just say, you know, we have a, we have a, not a big pool of water starting to, to form out here. Let's just say it was going to make its way into the crawl space. We'd go out there with a trash pump, which is you just hook a garden hose to the end of it, which is its discharge hose. You turn it on or plug it in and you set it in there and you suck the water out till, till it's gone. So that's obviously the difference between a, a trash pump and a sump pump. But going back to, if you live in Louisiana, you know, we just actually uh, started a document you just created, which was a pre-flood and post-flood. It's just more or less a flyer. And one of them in bold says, be prepared. And having things like that is a great preparation. Sandbags, that's a great preparation. But you know, like, you know your home better than anybody else does. And it, let's just say it's your first spring there you'll you're going to start figuring out real quick (laughs) how well the grading and drainage is but if you live in areas like that you just need to make sure you're testing the sump pump um when they say test it most people are like well how often you want to test it every spring and every fall and but pay attention if you have water accumulating somewhere that it normally isn't go check your sump pump and make sure it's operational so so in climates like that um that's a very important component of a home is your sump pumps. But when you, when you get in areas like Wyoming, you know, on the backside of our roof, which is north facing, there's still probably two feet of snow sitting up there. And, and what that can cause is something called an ice dam. Have you, have you ever heard of an ice dam? No. Okay. It's an ice dam. So more or less what an ice dam is, is all that snow sitting right there at the eave of your property. And, or not the property, the eave of your roof. Um, what happens is once stuff starts to melt like it is now, um, and like I told you, the reason we're having flooding issues is because the water has nowhere to go. What happens on an ice dam is, is the, what happens, the, the water, so it melts, and it's kind of hard to explain um, without pictures, but what happens is, is the, the water melts, and then it makes its way back up underneath the shingles at the eave. So this is happening at the eave. And over time, that, that ice just keeps building and building. And then, obviously, when, when water freezes, it expands. Yeah. So when it's ice, it expands, and then it shrinks, and then it expands. So over time, you're just 
feeding moisture right into those eaves where it could be your, your soffit that's right there that you can easily see, or it could be in your attic where it's just water, and it's not a massive amount, but it's slowly all winter accumulating water in there, which is going to call the mold or cause a mold infestation. So you said, you mentioned sandbags. I've never once bought a sandbag in my life. Can you go to Home Depot and just buy sandbags? And if um, you can, how many do you buy if you know you live in North Carolina on the coast or Florida on the coast? Well, uh, a lot of times for like a natural disaster, they'll, they give them out for free. But as far as Home Depot, um, for the most part, I don't think I've ever seen a sandbag that's filled. You can buy the bags and then you can buy the sand and then oh. you have to fill them. Okay. Um, as far as how many you need, really depends on, and it goes back to once again, paying attention to what's going on at your own home. You're going to know like where we have this water pool in here and it's not, it's not of any concern now, but let's just say it was, we would sandbag in between that pool of water and the foundation. You don't need sandbags around the whole structure. And so when you're asking how many should you have, it, it's a tough answer, or, or sorry, it's a tough question to answer because I don't know all the details. I don't know where you can store them, you know, because the obviously you'd want to have those sandbags always prepared and ready to go. But if you live in a place where you don't have anywhere to store them, you have to empty them, and you know where do you put the sand and whatnot. As far as how many, um, like I said, go off of what you know on your home. And then on top of that, one thing that's crucial when you're placing those sandbags, so like I said, you have a pool of water that's 10 feet away from the home, and it's getting bigger and bigger, and it's starting to run towards the foundation. Obviously, we would cut that off and sandbag between the pool of water and then between the foundation. The The height that you'd have to do that would all be dictated by the amount of water and, and what your dirt grade is. But obviously, you've got to have your sandbags high enough that it can't force the water over the sandbags and back into your foundation. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So at least you can go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's and you can get the bags and you can get the sand. Yes, yeah, you can okay. go, and like I said, you can, um, for the most part, and I'm, I know I've seen them in, in stores and I don't know where it's been, but you Prevent can buy Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your but, home. Um, Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist um, at tinyurl.com/forward/slash/cnc-mold-checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com/forward/slash/cnc-mold-checklist. You just go shovel the sand into the sandbags, and that would be much cheaper than buying sand that's already in the bags. In the bags, and when I say in the bags. They're just 50 pound bags and those wood and can work as sandbags, but typically a sandbag is not as, as wide. Okay. All right. At least you can go get them. Now, what's your, as we wrap the episode and you think about spring and, and people living in different areas, what's your one tip for people on how they can deal with the transition and all the water that can result from spring to summer? Well, like, like I said earlier, have sandbags handy. Have a, uh, some sort of pump to pump the water. Uh, things that you can do to be very proactive, and you should be doing this in the fall, not in the spring. But, you know, walk around the exterior of the home and, and check, make sure there's no shingles missing. You don't have to crawl on the roof, you know. Um, if, if it's, you can't see well enough, you can get binoculars and, and, and look at that. Um, check for foundation cracks. Um, you know, the water's gonna make its way to the foundation. 
but if there's no cracks, it can't get through that. So, so make sure those are sealed. And like I said, those are things you do in the fall. As far as the spring, just no different than what we're doing. We're watching, and you know, we have a crawl space. So if water got in there, it's a concern, but it's not the living area. We still don't want the water in there, but we want to monitor that pool of water and say, okay, is it going to get to the point where we actually have to put something between that and the foundation to prevent an issue? So just, just be aware. Once again, I can't preach enough about due diligence. Just be aware of what's going on around your home and know and be prepared to have the proper tools and supplies to react. And there you have it right from the mold expert. Now, here's the thing. Steve mentioned that we've got a pre and post flood preparation guide. You can go to cnccontractorservices.com and you can download access those pre and post flood preparation guides for free. We don't even ask for your email for that. So go to cncontractorservices.com. You can download the pre-flood and the post-flood prep guides, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Mold checklist.